Congregation, the text for this morning, our sermon is from 1 John 1, the verses 5, 6, and 7. 1 John 1, 5, 6, and 7. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. So far, God's declaration, three thoughts. The declaration that God is light, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Secondly, the declaration that many are not true. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and bark in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. And in the third place, the, the, the declaration that the blood cleanses. But if we walk in the light, as sees in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. So, there was the shorter version. I think it was also a longer version of the three points. The declaration that God is light and no darkness in him. Secondly, the declaration that they that walk in darkness are not true. And in the third place, the declaration to them that walk in the light that the blood cleanses from all sin. Congregation, I had to find a text for this sermon. Baptism service. And I thought of that text that came to mind, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So I had a desire to preach on that part of the text. And I looked at it, verse 7b, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I thought, I can't preach on that separate from the first part of the verse. If, if, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If, if we walk in the light. And then I was looking again, and I looked at the previous verse, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, it's the opposite of people walking in darkness, but they say that they have fellowship. 
So they're deceiving themselves. It's kind of connected with that next verse as well. And then they looked at the verse before that, and they thought, you know, that is, that is unity. The verses 5, 6, and 7 are together. And I cannot preach only on the last part of 7b. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So no darkness in God and people walk in darkness and people walk in the light. So let me unpack that for you. What that means that in verse Five, we read, this then is the message which we have, which we have heard of him and declare unto you. John, the disciple, the apostle, says, you know, I have a message for you. I have something to say. But actually, I don't have something to say. Someone else told me to tell you. Someone else gave me a message. And I've heard of Christ. And I declare that message to you. I don't come with my own word, with my own message, with my own stories. I come with what I have been called to, to declare unto you what I've heard of him. See, that is what ministry need to do. They may not preach what they think and they feel and they suppose and no, they must declare unto you what they have heard of him. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. What is the message? Well, that God is light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Not at all. Not even a hint. He is only light, and light, and light is absolutely no darkness whatsoever in him. He is light. Pure light. Not distorted, not vile, Pure, perfect light. This then is the message which we have heard of him. And now we declare unto you that God is light. In what sense? Could you give me a few points? In what sense God is light? Here are a few. And more, but a few of them. In the first place, God dwells in the light. In the light so bright that we cannot possibly survive there. It is so bright, so hot, so pure, we would melt as wax before the fire. Pastor Paul talks about that in 1 Timothy 6. He speaks about the blessed and only potentate, the ruler, the king of kings, and the lord of lords, who only has immortality, 
dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see. That's the light. I must declare unto you today what I have heard of him, that God is a light. He dwells in the light, and you cannot approach him that way. He is too much light, and we cannot see him. We will die. In Hebrews 12, we read about the same thing, for our God is a consuming fire. And in Psalm 50, our God shall come and shall now keep silent. The fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. God is a holy light, a righteous light. There is no communion possible without a mediator. Secondly, light is needed to see things, right? In the dark, you don't see things. But for God, all things are light. He is a light so he can see things. He notices everything. Nothing escapes him. All secret sins are known unto him. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. He has not forgot anything either. He's a light. Psalm 90, Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. So don't try to hide things. Don't try to escape things. It is futile. Do not seize things anyway. We declare unto you this morning that God is a light and there's no darkness in him at all. Sometimes light in the Bible means salvation, though. We read in Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So the Lord is also light in that very positive way. Light in the sense of life and salvation. That's why people who have him as their God should not fear. And light is sometimes in the Bible joy. The joy of the light. Darkness is frightening. Darkness is depressing. Early in the morning when you see the light coming over the mountains, you take a deep breath. You see, it's the light again. They're so beautiful and so encouraging. Light points to clarity. A light on your path is helpful. When you don't know where to go. Psalm 43, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me, let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. So he is a light. 
to give direction. The light of your path. Light means life. In dark caves and underground rivers is not an abundance of life, and for sure nothing is green. But then it's light, it's life, it's photosynthesis, it's life. Deliver me, deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. I declare unto you that God is a light. In him is life, in him is also kindness. When your face shines, when your face is not dark, not a dark look, but a shining face that is such a blessing, blesses the people that know the joyful sound, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And of course, Christ is the light. He's the light of the world. So I must declare unto you this morning, to begin with, that God is a light, that he is a light in the salvation sense and a light also in the justice sense, that he is the, the Son of God, is the light. But let us continue with the next verse. This was verse 5, right? This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not the truth. So sometimes people, or sometimes I think, I think it happens quite often that people say, profess, and not ashamed of it, and say, you know, I have fellowship with him. I have fellowship with God. He's my friend. We are together. I have forgiveness. My soul is safe. I have a Savior. I have a God in my heart. They say that. If we say that we have fellowship with him, it sounds fantastic. Happy to hear that. But the Lord knows your heart. The Lord knows if you walk with him. If you walk in fellowship with him. If you have a life with him. If you need him and speak to him and listen to him and walk with God and walk in the light. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Compare that to verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Or look at verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So we see it three times in, the, in this chapter. If we say, if we say, if we say with the mouth, 
But you can say whatever you want. If you say that you have no sins, you are lying. You're not true. You're deceiving yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. And apparently, in the, in the time of John, there were some people saying, you know, I don't sin anymore. I'm safe. I make mistakes. I have weaknesses. Maybe. But I don't sin anymore. I don't have that struggle anymore. I don't have to fight the war anymore. I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm forgiven. No problem. No worries. The Paul says, you are so wrong. You make a huge mistake. If you say that you have no sin anymore, you lie. And you, uh, you lie against God. You make him also a liar. That's blasphemous. That's horrible. They're pretending. And you go a little deeper in what that is, having fellowship with God and walking his ways that is also in fellowship with one another. And that was missing in those people. They said that we have fellowship with God, that they had fellowship with, fellowship with God, but they were walking in darkness because they had no fellowship with their family, no, with God's people, with the congregation. They were, there was just hatred. There was no brokenness. There was no humility. The, the, the real work of the Holy Spirit was missing. They were still proud. We have fellowship with God. You should have a look at the next chapter already. In verse 8, for example. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which is thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness, even until now. See that in verse 89, chapter 2? So there was no brokenness, no peacemaking, there was no being mellow and making work, and the love was missing. So from the fruits, you could see it, that there was no, no, no saving faith, that the wonder of a new heart was missing. So they are saying, we have fellowship with them, but they are deceiving people, deceiving self, and lying to themselves, and lying to others, and lying to God. He that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. See that? He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness, even until now. So that's one of the marks of grace. There are many more marks 
one of the marks of grace is that you love your brother, that there is no hatred, there is no revenge, there is no, 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 no unjust anger, but that the Lord has brought you to that place that you can say, forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. If you can say that, as we forgive our debtors, that you hate your brother, that you miss that mark of grace. There are more marks, right? I know that. But this is the one in the foreground here. Let it go now. Let's go to the next one. Next verse. But, for seven, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the apostle John is not declaring salvation for all people. He's not saying, no, you're fine, and the blood of the Lord Jesus cleanses you from all sin. No, he says, if. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light. Now that our behavior is the basis and the foundation of salvation, of course, and yet that new heart and that love is necessary. And without it, we cannot be saved. Are we walking in the light? Do you walk in the light? When? Would you, like, would you like to know when? I read 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You are chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. That is necessary to be called out of the darkness been brought to this marvelous light. I declare unto you that God is a light and that he is holy but also kind and that he is also God willing to save people. But you need to be drawn out of the darkness and be brought to this marvelous light that is that major thing that needs to happen. A new heart. So they that walk in the light and do not lie, they have been made true, and they don't deceive themselves. They confess their sins and like to walk in God's ways. They are a new people. He that loveth his brother abides in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. What a wonder when it happens, when the Lord changes people. 
You know, a zebra, children, a zebra, there's beautiful lines, black and white, all different, many different kinds of zebras as well. You know, you, you can't remove those stripes, can you? You can use a brush, you can use soap, you can use chemicals to make that zebra completely white. Hey, this won't work. It is in his hide. It's in his skin. And what do you read about people? I read in Jeremiah 2. For though thou wash thee with nitre and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. It's our sins. Our sins are sticking to our soul and nobody can wash them away. But the Lord. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or leopard his spots? Then may he also do good that are accustomed to do evil. You can't. You cannot do good. You have fallen so deep. But if we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's also in verse 9. So we see in verse 7, cleanses us from all sin. And in verse 9, from all unrighteousness. Ah, ah. So the water of baptism points to that. Points to the blood of the Lord Jesus that the blood cleanses from all sin. All sin? What do you mean? Well, there are large sins. There are blatant sins. We call that transgression. There are gross sins, there are public sins, there are secret sins, the sin you sin with saying things and with doing things and with thinking things. The sins of omission and commission. Omission, leader. Omission is that if something is omitted, so it's not there. So your sins of omission, when things are lacking and certain things are not there. If we are missing the love and missing the humility and missing the brokenness, the sin of being unrepentant and sin of unbelief and sin against the law and sin against the gospel. And there are many of them. And we cannot remove them. But the Lord can. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. Or in verse 7, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Cleanseth, meaning it's taken away, all the dirt, 
all the pollution. It is clean, absolutely clean. It's a blank sheet again. All the sins have been removed. The power of sin, the guilt of sin. Micah 7, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And I will cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. You know, some people today are addicted to sin. Certain sins. Certain sins are very addictive, right? Substance abuses, sexual sins. And many are just guilt-ridden. Many are just walking with it all the time. And lose courage and, and leave the church and say, it's not for me anyway. Become very hard and, and indifferent. And others are just crying and suffering under it. But you know what it says here? The blood of Jesus Christ has sent cleanses us from all sin. He takes care of it. He can take it all away. What a, what a, what a blessing. But how is that possible? How do I receive that for myself? Because, minister, you can say that there is forgiveness, but how does that forgiveness become for me? Well, listen to the Bible. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. What? Boldness to enter into the holiest? No way. Can't be. Yes, it can. Having the for brethren boldness to enter into the holy, holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So, God is a light, a devouring light. And yet, in His Son, He looks at us and He's inviting us to come unto Him, to seek salvation in Him, to not come with reasons of yourself, in yourself, but outside of self in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, what do you mean? You know, some young people don't understand it yet. Well, the Lord Jesus gave his blood, and it meant that he died. He died under the wrath of his father. Because who killed the Lord Jesus? Who did, who did, who did that? The Roman soldiers? The Jewish people? The devil? Deep down, his own father. His own father pleased him to bruise him. The father, he has given his only begotten son to 
take away sin, and he absorbed the wrath of God. So, when you look at yourself, there's no courage. You have to look away from yourself. And this then is the message which you have heard of him. And declare unto you that there is forgiveness with him. And that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. And if you know that, if you, have, if you believe that, if you receive the assurance of it, what a relief, what a joy, what a special thing it is. And that is also what the apostle is writing about, right? That your joy may be full, he says. We're going to close. I have four quotes for you to end with from John Calvin regarding the blood. Number one, the blood of Christ is not only the pledge of our salvation, but also the cause of our calling. So we may pledge, please, Lord, please, there is that blood, right? But the blood of Christ is not only the pledge of our salvation, but also the cause of our God. So because the Lord Jesus gave his blood, therefore his people, his chosen ones, will be saved. Because he paid the price and he paid for their unbelief. Secondly, the blood alone, we must look for the atonement of our sins. To the blood alone, we must look for nothing else. You don't have to have something to bring to the Lord, no qualifications. It's only the blood. So to draw nigh in that assurance that only that blood is needed, that you don't have to bring anything yourself, it will be an offense if you bring something yourself. Three. It is the peculiar work. Peculiar means special. It is the peculiar work of the Holy Spirit to sprinkle our consciences inwardly with the blood of Christ. So the Holy Spirit brings that home, brings that in your heart, and sprinkles the conscience inwardly with the blood of Christ. Do you know what that means? The application of the Holy Spirit in your heart, your conscience, that is so precious. Fourth one, the last one. The Israelites in Egypt, when it was the last plague, the Israelites could not be protected from God's wrath, could not be protected 
from God's wrath, except by holding up against it the shield of the blood. So they had that blood on the doorpost, right? And it was going to be shield. And so the Israelites could not be protected from the wrath of God, except by the holding up against it the shield of the blood. So may the Lord work it in the heart that you hold up the shield of the blood and just are highly behind it, that the wrath of God would not be on you, and that, he would, that the angel of destruction would pass by. The parents, congregation, I declare unto you that there is forgiveness with the Lord. And I declare unto you that the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Amen.